Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. At a time, it is Sunday, October 9th, and this is your daily financial news. Folks, if you like your financial news in little 10, 12, 15 minute chunks, like, subscribe, comment, be part of the one rental at a time family. We have been doing the daily financial news for more than 1,000 days in a row. That deserves a thumbs up. That deserves a subscription or a subscribe. Have an amazing day. Let's get into the news. Let's start at the bottom of the board, which, oh, you can't see. The bottom of the board says Bigger Pockets PowerPoint. Folks, this morning, 9 a.m., I will be sharing with you something I shared with my students yesterday. I had created a presentation based on what I think is going on in the housing market, what is where where there's pain, where there's opportunity. Uh, we gave a clear communication of what I think is going on uh, in the basically if we were going to present at bigger pockets. So do me a favor, take a look at that video. Let me know what you think. It is about an hour long and it will go live today at 9 a.m. Uh, let me know what you think. I'd love to get your feedback on that presentation. Again, bigger pockets is where new investors and experienced investors go. I would love to help new investors see focus, daily discipline, all of those things are where it's at. Stop chasing fast, cheap, and easy. In real estate, cheap, fast, and easy can make you go broke. And there's a lot in that PowerPoint that I gave you. So again, hopefully you enjoy that. Number two, the Fed pivot. There's a lot of hope, a lot of pain, a lot of billionaires, frankly, hoping for a Fed pivot. I want to give you one, two, three, four, five, six quotes from Fed presidents last week. And then you and I need to have a conversation about this notion of a Fed pivot. So let's start with Neil Kashkari. Neil Kashkari says, no pause until inflation solidly peaked. Solidly peaked. Again, what scares me about CPI expectations this Thursday is that core inflation is expected to go up month on month. I believe it was 6.3 last month and expectations is 6.5 or 6.6. Core inflation, as I shared last month, is where it's at. Don't be distracted by headline. Headline inflation has been manipulated by the release of oil. That now is going to come back to bite us in the ass in the winter. So watch core. If core goes up as expected, I do not think the market will be happy, but we will see. So that's Neil. Next, Raphael Bostic. No quick turn on accommodation. You will hear gobbledygook about restrictive and accommodation. Restrictive is basically extracting money and money supply, slowing it down. 
Accommodative is putting more and more money in the system. We have been accommodative for basically 14 years. It is time to pay the piper. As I have said, I want us to get through this so we can start growing again, but getting through it means paying. I will say one more time, for those of you hoping for a quick pivot in the Fed, remember what you are saying. If the Fed is forced to pivot, a la the central bank of the UK or England, it's because something massive broke. I am hoping we can keep the little things breaking and nothing massive. The only way out of this is to pay for the sins of the last 10 to 12 years, easy money. Lisa Cook, we must keep the policy restrictive for some time. As I have been calling for quite a while now, I do not see a cut all next year. Currently, I see a raise in Q1, and then my hope is we pause the whole year. That is my hope currently. That could change this afternoon. Mary Daly, no rate cuts in 2023 are planned. Pretty clear. Christopher Waller, we have not made meaningful progress yet. The Fed is behind. The Fed is late. The Fed's things are in the rearview mirror. The Fed knows that they messed up. They're going higher. And then finally, John Williams. We need interest rates above inflation. That last one, folks, should catch your attention. We need interest rates above inflation. So a couple of things. Let's first and foremost talk about which inflation. Is it headline inflation? Headline inflation was 8.3 last month. Do you think John is talking about that? No, he is not. How about core inflation? Core inflation was 6.3, expected to go to 6.5. Is he talking about that? No, I do not believe so. Remember what we talk about on this channel. The favorite metric of the Fed is PCE, personal consumption expenditure. I believe last month it was 5.1, might have been 4.8. In essence, of all the inflation gauges, that is the one that is the lowest. That is the one that I believe John Williams is referring to. If John Williams is referring to headline inflation at 8.1, oh my goodness, we are going to be raising rates all next year. I do not believe that is what he is talking about. So again, when you hear talking heads or others' channels talking about a Fed pivot, remember there are three types of Fed pivots. There is one, giving the market less than they expect. What does that mean? The Central Bank of Australia blinked and did a Fed pivot. The market was set up for 50 basis points, and they only gave it 25. I would argue that is a Fed pivot. How about a pause? I believe a pause is a Fed pivot. They are going to go from raising rates to not raising rates. 
That is a Fed pivot. And then there's the one that Elon Musk, Kathy Wood, Jonathan or Jonathan Grantham, Jason, Jonathan, I don't remember. Grantham, they want the Fed to cut. That is a Fed pivot. I believe the only way we see a cut next year is if something bad breaks, which is absolutely possible. The beauty of the financial system is stuff breaks in weird corners of it, and sometimes we are forced to react. Long-term capital management, pension funds in the UK. It could come from anywhere. And there is a derivatives market out there, as Anna Kelly has shared with us, that is massive. It was the derivatives that the UK pension funds were playing with to goose returns that bit them in the ass. So we have to, there could be lots of surprises coming. I read an article talking about the top 10%, the top 5% and the top 1% of income. Uh, I was actually surprised by this. I was surprised by this. Uh, do you know, do you have a guess at what it takes to be in the top 1, 5, or 10% of income? Top 10% of income. If you make more than this, congratulations, you are in the top 10%. The answer is 173 grand. If you make more than 173 grand a year, congratulations, you are in the top 10% as of 2021. How about the top 5%? The top 5%. If you make more than $343,000, you are in the top 5%. Okay. How about the top 1%? The top 1%, if your W-2 or income is $824,000, congratulations, you are in the top 1% of income earners in 2021. Top 10%, 173 grand. Yeah, top 10%. Interesting. Anyways, question about Tesla and Twitter. Uh, it looks like Musk might be buying Twitter, although I think there's some uh, disagreement about some loan contingencies. My question being a casual observer from the outside with zero skin in the game is will musk be forced to sell more tesla to buy twitter he sold a lot already will he be forced to sell more don't know but i'd love to hear from you what do you think i think we have to talk about the fed remember we did the fed pivot i think the fed has been very clear we are going to 4.5%. I think the Fed has been clear since Jackson Hole. We are going higher, faster, and staying there longer. I believe, given the dot plot and all of these things, that my expectation of 4.5% is the right answer currently. But we have to ask ourselves, will there be more? So let's assume it's... February 2023, we are now at four and a half. Will the Fed go to five? Will the Fed go to five and a half? Will they go to six? I don't know. I 
currently don't think so. I think the terminal rate will be somewhere between four and a half and five. But there is certainly a chance they take this thing higher. And I just don't know because we are in some very interesting times. I believe oil will start in energy and all of that will start to go up and oil is in everything. If we get oil over $100 a barrel or 110 or 120, what happens then? It's the winter. We have Europe struggling. All I just don't know. I don't know. I think the Fed funds terminal rate will be between four and a half and five percent next year. I don't know that I feel good or bad about that. It's just kind of what I am thinking. Let's talk about home values. Somebody that we have had on my channel, Lance Lambert, Fortune Magazine editor. His Twitter handle is a must. If you are in real estate, frankly, if you watch one rental at a time, you need to follow at News Lambert, L-A-M-B-E-R-T, Lance Lambert, at News Lambert. He put out a series of tweets yesterday about housing markets and how they have fallen from peak to trough or peak to current. Uh, He's also put in lots of graphs about inventory. So I thought I would go through a list of, I don't know, 10 or 11 and talk about peak to trough declines thus far. Los Angeles is down 5.1%. Austin, Texas, 3.5%. Dallas, Texas, 2.5%. These are all negative numbers. Negative numbers. Phoenix, down 5 Tampa, down 3.5%. Virginia Beach, down one2 Denver, down 3 San Diego, down 5.5%. Seattle, ooh, ouch, 7.8%. San Francisco, 8.2. Atlanta, 3.3. Sacramento, 4.3. And Reno, Nevada, 5.3. What is very interesting when you take this into context with my conversation with Brian Lebo. Brian Lebo and I talked about Vegas. Brian Lebo talked about inventory. We talked about uh, the rate of change slowing down. I believe it is going to be very interesting to watch the housing market in October, November, and December. I believe it is not going to behave as people expect. People are expecting this wicked decline, and I do not think they are going to get it, as I'm calling flat for five years. I understand what is going on. I understand the momentum, but we will see as rates go to 7% as people decide not to move. And I want to call special attention to a moment in Brian Lebo's video that you need to watch and rewatch and understand. Brian Lebo, during our conversation, it's probably halfway, maybe 60% through the video. Brian Lebo talks about two areas of Las Vegas that need to fall 20%. He talks about, hey, it used to be 650, they need to sell for 520, this, that, and the other. And watch what I did. I said, Brian, I think you're right. I think that part of Vegas is going to feel pain. And I think the right number will be 520. And he basically says, yes, I agree. And then I remind Brian, 
that the median home price in Vegas is four fifty. So all of these sales, Brian, that you're telling me are coming is going to raise the median home price. Folks, the median home price is about the mix of sales as it is much about price. You could have Vegas markets fall 20% and the median home price goes up. I believe Brian's quote after I highlight that is, you're right, touche, I think is what he said exactly. So again, for all the folks that think my opinion about median home price is somewhere between stupid and ignorant, I am very clear. I am talking about the median home price and have not changed and have not wa wavered. You, my friend, may not understand the subtleties of how median home price is calculated. Take a look at that video. Brian Lebo talks about Vegas going down 43% in transactions and price falling 1%. We are in a housing depression and Vegas went down 1% month on month. People aren't selling. We are in phase two of the housing crash, supply destruction. We will see what happens March 15th. If the Fed has to take rates to 6%, mortgages are 9%, unemployment goes from 35 to 9%, World War III is upon us, who knows? But I would argue people are going to be consistently surprised at the depth and the quickness of the housing transaction crash and how sticky prices are. All right, folks, have an amazing day. And remember, November 12th, First one rental at a time mastermind in Fresno, California. It will be a different event. It will be eight hours on Saturday. It will be no PowerPoint. It will be audience participation. I've given you the list of speakers. I can tell you in 24 hours, we have already sold 68 tickets. If you even think you can make the event, you need to go to one rental event dot com and buy your tickets today this a space that i have secured has 200 seats no more and trust me you want to be in an event with these eight amazing one rental at a time rock stars we are going to let you ask questions about your business your area we're going to talk about seller financing market changes how to avoid pain how to strengthen your your mindset you want to be there you want to be at the first. And the fact that I'm selling this for $27 is an insulting low price. So again, November 12th, Fresno, California. Go to onerentalevent.com. Buy your tickets today. When this sells out, it's sold out. No more seats. I'm not changing locations. We are. It's a wrap. Once we get to 200, I'm sorry. Buy your tickets today one rental event.com it is my sheer hope and desire that i am giving enough value every day that this event sells out by next weekend help me sell it out buy your tickets today 27 bucks bring your books i'll autograph and we'll take some pictures i hope to see all of you there at least 200 well i hope to see 200 of you there 
because I can't see all of you. Only 200. All right, everybody. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.